Micah 5. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. So this is the word of the Lord. Dear friends of God, a couple from our church went to Alaska this summer. They drove in their camper and they went to a camp spot. And at the camp spot, they saw another truck from Ontario. So what do you do when you see another truck from Ontario and Alaska? You go up to those people and you say, hey, where are you from? And the person in the other truck said, well, yeah, you wouldn't know. It's a village so small, you don't know it. He goes, try me. Well, it's Lundesboro. Oh, right by Clinton. <laughs> you know it. Yeah, he said, yeah. I'll bet you're a chicken farmer. <laughs> How did you know? And then he said, uh, I bet you're CRC. And he was, they go to the Clinton CRC. And they were fast friends after that, played cards and all that kind of stuff you do at, at camping. Does where you are from say something about who you are? Imagine somebody came up to you and said, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Kitchener. Oh, you're in a high tech? Do you, are you, do you go to Oktoberfest? You know, are you Mennonite? Well, you know, there, there's something about being born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. And Micah says of Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah. What does that tell us about where Jesus is from? About Jesus. What does, it, what does where he's from say about him? Well, imagine how that dialogue would go. Oh, where are you from? Bethlehem. Oh, I bet you grew up poor. Yeah, I did. I'll bet you're a shepherd. You got it. Coming from Bethlehem meant Jesus was poor. Bethlehem was on the, a town on the margins. It was, it was a, a sleepy little town. It was full of lowly shepherds and ordinary folk living a hard, scrabble life. And it was and always will, it always had been a tiny, insignificant village. It had great credentials, though. I mean, Bethlehem, this is where, where Jacob's wife, Rachel, was buried. So, so one of the patriarch's wives was buried here. People could still be inspired by the beautiful dance of, of kindness and generosity by, by Ruth and Boaz 
in Bethlehem on the fields of Ephrathah. And everyone knew Bethlehem's most famous son, the great King David, came from Bethlehem. And everyone knew Micah's prophecy about the birth of an even greater son of David, the anointed one, the Messiah. Yet Bethlehem itself was nothing. Jerusalem, now that's the big city. That's, that's where people went. That had the palace, that had the temple. That's where the king lived in the, in the temple. That's where, where international people would come and, and visit and, and have court. And, and Jerusalem was the place of international prestige, of wealth and power. And, and the temple, pilgrims would come to the temple from all over the world. And they'd, they'd go there for the festivals and, and they'd offer sacrifices and pray in the place where God's glory dwelt. Jerusalem, the capital city, it had a star on the map. It was the center of trade. It was, it was like Toronto, Bay Street, international headquarters of industry, major, major town. Bethlehem, well, that was barely a roadside stop on the way to Jerusalem. A nice little town, but of no account not even mentioned in this list of cities of Judah. Couldn't even make a black circle on the map. How unlikely that such a powerful ruler would come from this tiny little place. Who would have expected it? Certainly not the wise men from the east. When they saw the star, they went directly to Jerusalem. Where is the king that was born? Because that's where any respectable king would have the decency to be born, in Jerusalem. But that's just the kind of place God would send the Messiah to be born. He wasn't born as a wealthy person. He wasn't born as a person of prestige, a person of economic power. Rather, he came as an unimportant person. He came as an overlooked person. He came as a, a person from the margins. God is always using that kind of person to bring about his purposes. That's the way God works. He's always surprising his people with salvation from places you'd expect it the least. Like that time years before in that same place of Bethlehem where Samuel the prophet was called by God to anoint a new king to replace Saul. And so he went to, the, to Jesse and Jesse lined up his sons, his big, strong, handsome, strapping young men who he just knew would be worthy of the task of king. And, and Jesse brought them in front of Samuel. Samuel said, nope, not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one, not that one. And then Samuel said, well, where's the one you didn't call in front of me? The neglected one. The one that you sent out in the fields to be a shepherd because he was a nobody. The lowly shepherd boy. And then he fetched him. And there he was, David, who became Israel's most renowned king. Can anything good come out of Bethlehem, out of Nazareth, out of Londesboro? We don't expect much. And yet in the case of Bethlehem, the old biblical pattern holds true. The insignificant are exalted. The tables are turned, and the most unlikely of people are instruments of God's salvation. As 
As Kathy Schifferdecker, I love her last name, Schifferdecker, she says this, it's not the way of the world. This exaltation of the low, lowliest, but it is the way God works over and over and over again. An insignificant village, a child born to a young unmarried girl, and that girl's song, he has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. And the one who comes from that little village and that young girl becomes the one Micah proclaims as the one of peace. It is a proclamation we will soon hear echoed from the pastures surrounding Bethlehem. God will bring about his salvation from the most unlikely places to show us that salvation is from him alone, not by might, not by power, but by my grace, says the Lord. So being born in Bethlehem not only tells, G that, tells us that Jesus is an unlikely savior, poor, marginal, but it also declares what kind of savior he will be. Jesus will be a shepherd coming from a place of shepherds. As Michael, Micah says, he will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. Israel's kings were, were called to be shepherds. Israel's kings were called to bring protection to the people. They're called to bring provision to the God's people. They're called to bring care to God's people. And, and that was the metaphor that, that, that the people had for their king. The king is our shepherd because God is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, says King David. And, and so as God is, our, is, is a shepherd, so the king is the shepherd of the people. Only in Micah's day, the leaders of the people were foolish, wicked shepherds who didn't care for the sheep. Micah's indictment of Judah's leaders reaches a peak in, in chapter 3, verse 11, where it says, her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, her prophets tell fortunes for money, yet they lean upon the Lord and say, is not the Lord among us? And Micah rails against the king for looking to make an alliance with the superpower Assyria so they could ward off the armies of the allied forces of Israel and Syria. And Micah's prophecy exposed how none of the leaders cared for the flock and therefore awaited the judgment of God. And there was turmoil and deep frustration in the land as a result. But what a thrilling hope when, when we hear this prophecy the true shepherd will come and they will live securely and peacefully. His greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. It's not just for us, it's for the whole world. He will be the agent of God in the strength of God and he will be their peace. So when Jesus was born, what was the message that the angels brought? The angels of, of, over the fields of Bethlehem declared the one who would be their peace. Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom he's pleased. And the Apostle Paul, as he explored what the peace that Jesus brought looked like, he declared, for he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the dividing wall of hostility. 
His purpose was to create for in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace, and in his one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. And Jesus came to us as that shepherd, as that peace. And he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. That's how he came to us. True to God's ways, Jesus turns the tables and becomes the most unlikely instrument of salvation. He's the shepherd who becomes the lamb. He's the ruler who becomes the sacrifice. He's the shepherd who gives up his life for the sheep so that they might have abundant life. He brought peace with God and peace with each other and peace within our own selves, deep in our hearts. And you and I, we need that shepherd. The world needs that shepherd. Because we sin. And the effects of sin hit us in, in terms of broken relationships and hurt feelings and physical and emotional scars and addictions <clears throat> and loneliness and bitterness. We need a shepherd to heal us, to mend us, to show us a new way of life together, to move us to forgiveness and righteousness. We wander from what is right. We're easily tempted. We're easily distracted. We're easily drawn away into all kinds of fruitless places. And we need a shepherd to point us to the things that are good for us, that help us to thrive in safety and in joy. We have hearts that have a natural tendency toward hatred. We need someone to inspire us to love, to transform our hearts. Someone reminded me this week that Bethlehem is in, today in the West Bank of Palestine. And I just heard on the way to church this morning that they're canceling the celebration of Christmas this year because of the bombings that are going on in the other part of, of Palestine. They're not celebrating. The square is empty. The church is filled only with prayer. Praying for a shepherd who can bring peace. It seems so intractable. How can there be peace in a world where there's so much fighting and so much trouble. And, and we hear it all the time, and especially now. We need a shepherd to bring us peace. We need a shepherd who will save us from ourselves. Can the one who brought hostile Jews and Gentiles together do that again today? Can the one who is himself their peace be the solution to the many other warring places. Even in that dark place, there are signs that peace is possible and Christ's followers are, are involved. At Christmas, we celebrate that the good shepherd has come. He has good news for us. Even though we live in times of unrest and, and we long for that peace, the shepherd is our peace. He's doing for us and through us what we cannot do ourselves. He's showing the way of peace through humility and sacrifice. And we will follow him because he has the way of life. And we will follow him until he comes again and bring fully his kingdom of peace. Amen.
Please join with me in prayer. Oh, Jesus, we wait. We are waiting for the one to be our shepherd. And you have come, and you are our shepherd. And we thank you that you are the shepherd who cares, who gives up his life for us, his sheep. Thank you that you are the one who is our peace. And Lord, we, we place before you our broken world. We pr- place before you our broken lives. We, we place before you all that needs your tender care and your peace. And we pray that you would come and that you would be who the Bible declares you to be. You will be our peace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.